Hello, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. Coming up on today's show, I'm joined by a good friend of the program, Will, as we give our reactions to the big weekend of professional wrestling, as we give our reactions to WWE's Clash of the Castle and AEW's All Out. Plus, we have to dive into it. We talk about CM Punk's comments during the media scrum after All Out. So, after the guitar riff, the Couch Potato Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Couch Potato Podcast. My name is Russ. Lucas won't be joining us tonight. He is uh, refereeing some kids' soccer games, dishing out yellow cards, giving kids stone-cold stunners. So, uh, he's not on the show tonight, but I got a very special guest. Longtime friend, first-time appearance on the show. Everybody, give our friend Will a warm greeting. Will, how are you, man? I'm, I'm pretty good, man. I'm really good. Really, really good. Good. Uh, we've been trying to get you on for a while now, so uh, I'm glad we were able to make this happen tonight. Um, you and I seem to converse quite a bit about professional wrestling, which uh, this weekend was probably one of the biggest weekends for professional wrestling in quite some time. Uh, the WWE put on two events, and uh, AEW had their all-out pay-per-view. Um, a lot of shit to get into about that AEW, man. <gasps> <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the wrestling part. Uh, we'll save that for a little bit. Um, first off, did you watch the When Worlds Collide, the NXT event? I did not. Okay. I thought about it, but I said, nah, I'm gonna, I'll pass. Yeah, I, I didn't either, because uh, so that's good. Like, I didn't want to, like, go into, like, Clash the Castle. Like, oh, well, we're not talking about the eight or the NXT one. Like, uh, I can wing it. But no, we're good, man. I didn't watch it either. Uh, I don't know. I just haven't been able to get into that brand since uh, they revamped it and went for uh, more of the uh, developmental talent. See, I don't know. I've, 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 me personally, I've never been a fan of NXT. I don't know what it is. I just, I just never been a fan of the product. Really? Never. Um, Hell, even back when Daniel Bryan was on there, I didn't really care for it. Um, I know, like, I got into it for a while when uh, Triple H was running sh- uh, the show. They had, like, Bailey, Sasha was on, was on there. Finn Balor was the champion. They had Samoa Joe. Uh, at a time, they were probably the best promotion in the business, I thought. And then they slowly, slowly start going more towards developmental. And then I don't even watch it now. I know Rick Steiner's son is the champion. Did you watch... Um... Oh, this is old. Did you ever watch Tough Enough? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's better than the people that are on Tough Enough. I mean, <laughs> Tough Enough would be like, basically, I always felt that, like, if you had a little bit of charisma and you just outworked everybody, you were going to win that regardless of how good you were. I mean, what was that year? Maven and Nydia won? Yeah, yeah. I and one that. Of them, like, Maven's big claim to fame is he eliminated The Undertaker in the Royal Rumble. And I don't know what mm. Nidia did. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah, no one gives a shit about. I mean, I'm sure her family does. I apologize, <laughs> Nidia, if you did watch the show. But, um, well, hey, we'll uh, start off with Clash the Castle. Um, SummerSlam, kind of a, a good show. I really haven't gotten into uh, a lot of the WWE stuff. I decided to give them another chance once Triple H took over. Uh, it seems mm-hmm. like the product has improved quite a bit. 
Yes. Uh, SummerSlam was uh, really, uh, I guess, a good litmus test for how the product was going to be. So I was kind of excited for Clash of the Castle. Um, so, I mean, like, what were your thoughts? I was, overall, I was very impressed with the show. Mm-hmm. Now, as you were saying before, um, these past, I'd probably say maybe four or five Raws, yeah, you can definitely tell that there is a, a change. Mm. There's a change in tone, pace, the match quality. Um, obviously, SummerSlam, that was knocked out of the park for me. I really enjoyed that. And Clash of the Castle, I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. There were a few matches that I could have you know, been like, yeah, whatever, you know. No disrespect to the women, but I just, I really wanted to see Bianca and... Bailey will get each other. I don't want to see the trios because they don't WWE doesn't take tag team wrestling serious, but that's another conversation for whatever. But yeah, so I could have did without that match, but overall I, I was, I, I enjoyed the show and yeah, I did want McIntyre to get the belt, but I, it, it shocked me and I was like, okay, cool show did what it was supposed to do. Here's my shock moment for Eric Taylor. Yeah, like, I I was disappointed because the way it was leading up, they, I thought for sure Drew was going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm 50-50 on it. I mean, I'm disappointed because I, he's actually, like, probably one of, like, the guys I really enjoy watching on there. Um, I think since he was the champion during the pandemic and he didn't really get to have his moment in front of, he didn't get to have his WrestleMania moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I thought for sure him winning the belt in his basically his home country would have been like that moment that they replay on the WWE net. Well, on Peacock now, it's, they yeah. sold the rights, but that would have been that moment you would have seen replayed over and over and over again, pretty much throughout. It, they would have been on par with Davy Boy Smith winning at SummerSlam. They they made reference to that actually. Mm-hmm. I think it was during the show or before the show. I can't remember, but they did show that clip. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, he did win that. He won that in Canada. No, in the U.K. Yeah, they had, that, uh, they had that SummerSlam at Wembley. Well, fuck, Bret Hart was front row. Yeah, he was there. He sure um, as hell was. Um, but I get why they didn't pull the trigger. I think it makes more sense story-wise to keep the belt on Roman because um, I think the end game is either Roman versus The Rock at WrestleMania or I think – Cody comes back at the Royal Rumble, wins the Royal Rumble, and he's the one that beats Roman. Because, I mean, they're pretty much setting – I mean, that was pretty evident when he came in that they're setting Cody Rhodes up to be, like, the face of the WWE. So they want – okay, so I'm guessing that's probably going to take part in Reigns going part-time. That would be my guess. Well, that was another reason why I thought that they were going to – give Drew the belt because, quite frankly, I mean, Roman has deserved it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, he's pretty much said he's going to be on a part-time schedule going forward. I don't foresee him really being on TV that much until probably Survivor Series. Yeah, because he's sitting out of Extreme Rules. So, what's Survivor Series? November? Yeah. Yeah. We won't see him until November. Damn. Yeah, and, I mean, I guess it's a good thing that they're building up the secondary titles. Uh, which I'll get into that Intercontinental title match in a minute. But um, I thought Drew and uh, Roman was a fantastic match. Um, like I said, I was a little disappointed, but I think at the end of the day, you had to keep 
the belts on Roman because because then you're setting up stuff like okay now you have to basically he has to get him back. I think you kind of devalue whoever beats him, and I think that the whoever finally beats him it should be like a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I think it really just it depends on if the Rock is available. Although I would much rather see Cody win because you're going from having a part-time champion in Roman to somebody who's probably like not going to be able to defend the belts at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, as much as I would like to see the rock at WrestleMania, I still think you could do Roman versus the rock, but I think Cody probably would be the better choice to win the title. If, if they do do that, then he'll have to drop it. He'll have to drop it before. So I'm thinking, I don't know how big of a deal day one is, but because I don't know if they still do the Elimination Chamber in February, that pay-per-view. But Yeah, they had the Elimination Chamber. Uh, that was the Saudi pay-per-view this year. Okay, so he'll, he'll have to drop it here. Mm-hmm. Like If they're going to do that, he'll have to drop it to Cody. That way it gives you a little bit of time to build up Rock and Roman. So, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think because... They initially with Cody, they said he was going to be out nine months with that pectoral injury, but they, everything I read about it, that's more of like a six month injury. So I think Mm -hmm. what they're doing is they're just keeping at like, oh, well, he will be a surprise entry into the Royal Rumble. And then kind of like what they did with Cena the year he won, Mm -hmm. which I still pop every time I see that. That was such an awesome moment. Even though I'm not like, I like Cena. He's never been one of my favorite wrestlers, but like, I still, whenever I see the highlights that I still like, Still, like, man, I, that was an awesome moment. Mr. Word, let's do, let's do whatever this thing is. Thugonomics, yeah. <laughs> see, like, I know you can see me on the screen, but see, I'm waving my hand now. You can't. Yeah, I like John Cena, though. I like I, you John know what? Cena. I used to be anti Cena, and I don't really mark out too much when I see wrestling anymore, but when he came back last year at Money in the Bank, I'm like, like fuck, it's John Cena. Like, Were you happy to see him this year in Raw? You know, I didn't get a chance to watch that. I didn't get ah. to see the, the Cena celebration. I forget where I was at. But I didn't get to see was, the, the summer. Was okay. or the, the was that, 20 years of Cena? Yeah, it, it was okay. You didn't really miss nothing. I figured I, I was expecting him to be in a match. I read the highlights. And I, I actually expected to see him and Austin Theory at SummerSlam, but... See, oh, well, that's, that's the wild card. So, if whoever wins this title, where does Theory come into play at? Who's he cashing on? You know, I, I honestly, I don't think he's ready to ascend to the top. I think, I think it's been very creative how they've integrated him into trying to cash it in, and it's something that always happens to him. I actually kind of dig that, and I, I don't know. I mean, I thought Tyson Fury's punch was legit. <laughs> yeah. I just I hate that guy. I'm I hate Tyson Fury. I'm sorry. I, I get a man props talent like he is pound for pound the best. But I don't want to see him in the WWE. It's just no. No, I'm not a big guy either on like uh, the celebrities. Although Bad yeah, Bunny not, and Logan Paul and that. Pat McAfee have been really good, surprisingly good. But I haven't seen Bad Bunny, but what I've seen of Logan Paul, I hate him too. And McAfee, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, like, they can go. <laughs> um, I haven't been disappointed. 
No, not at all. McAfee's match at SummerSlam was probably the worst match he's done, which is saying something about his body of work because he's been pretty good any other time he stepped into the ring. Yeah. Um, so what was your match of, the, of that card? Uh, because for me, it was Gunther and Sheamus. That match was phenomenal. That was like no high spots, you know, no, you know, no like gimmicks. It was just two big hosses just beating the shit out of each other for like 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a really good match. Did you see Sheamus's chest afterward? Yeah, I've seen the pictures. He was destroyed. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yeah, when is he not? Because he's, yeah, he's like that. Yeah, I got. Ah. I I thought that match was really well done. You don't see too many matches like that anymore. Just like just two big guys just beating the hell out of each other, and it'd be good. Yeah. Uh, plus, it was like I don't know, like that crowd was probably one of the best pay per view crowds they've had in a long time. That crowd was. Live, mm-hmm. I was, oh my god, they were doing soccer chants. I was like, yeah, this is. I okay. I, I think that <laughs> added something to the pay per view too. It just, did. Like, when the I crowd's that hear, hot. I mean, it just, just makes it much more enjoyable. Imagine McIntyre won the belt though. That how hard that crowd would have popped. <laughs> yeah, but instead they sang American Pie after the match was over, which I. I'm wondering if somebody just like fell asleep behind the wheel and didn't cut the feed when they were supposed to, because that seems like yeah. something that they would save for after the event was off. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I also really dug uh, Riddle versus uh, Seth Rollins. I thought that was a really good match too. That is actually my match right there. Really? That's okay. My match: Rollins and Riddle. That and Rollins. That was my match. That was. I'm like, okay, they're like legit beating the shit out of each other. I'm like. Let me see this again next month at Extreme Rules. Like, turn it up a notch. Let's let's see me. Let's let's see some shit go down. I, and, yeah, that's got to be a rematch with some kind of stipulation, like a street fight or false count anywhere or a weapons you, match or something. Did you see? Um, oh my god! It was actually an interview that had took place right after the press conference. Uh, one of the guys walked into Rollins and they said, "Hey." Riddle said he wants to rematch. What are your thoughts on that? And he was like, "Ha ha!" Doing his like whole you know little gimmick or whatnot. And I think they're gonna do that. <laughs> and you can tell that he's not done yet. So I'm like, okay, they got to put this in Extreme Rules because that's gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Seth Rollins was due for a win too because he hasn't really because he didn't wrestle at SummerSlam because <clears throat> they took that match off SummerSlam for some odd reason. Yeah, yeah. Which they said the reason why is because they wanted to give the other matches more time. I was like, that's fucking stupid. Oh, you could have cut something else out of yeah out of SummerSlam to get that one on there. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, they definitely have a rematch. I'm curious to see what the stipulation is. I thought that was a really fun match too. I think the the championship match, Sheamus and uh, Gunther and Matt Riddle versus Rollins, were like the three matches of the night. I think. I kind of I, I want Riddle to win. <laughs> I think I think Riddle will get his back at Extreme Rules. I, you have yeah. to. And then maybe yeah. they do some kind of rubber match at Survivor Series. Well, no, they usually do, like, the team stuff now. Which, I don't know, Survivor Series kind of stinks anymore. I just don't get excited for as much as I used to as a kid. Oh, yeah, back in the day, Survivor Series was one of the greats. Oh, I used to... Whenever that came out on VHS before uh, pay-per-view, I used to run to the video store and get it 
like the the copy day one. So I can see the Hulkamaniacs versus the million dollar team and then the ultimate warriors against the perfect team and Oh my god. Yeah. Um well I I would ask I, I'm gonna ask a question once we get done breaking down uh all out. But I'm going to ask right. you when we're done which of the pay per views is better because I actually put a poll question up on my on the show's Twitter feed. Oh. I was kind of surprised by the results of it, but uh, we'll dip into the all out pay per view. We'll save the uh, the aftermath later. Um, all out was Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your thoughts on that card? I okay. Jeez, you're going to get put on the spot. <laughs> well, I'll give you my thoughts first. First of all, I thought it was decent. <laughs> yeah. I thought I, it was a decent. Along lines, I'm going. I thought it was decent. Um, but I think it's probably the worst pay-per-view that AEW has put on. And it seems like since the WWE has cut their pay-per-view times to like now the WWE is a solid three hours again. Mm-hmm. For a long time, the WWE would have like the – like WrestleMania, I'm so glad they split WrestleMania in the two nights because that was just exhausting to watch. But even Ooh, like, was it like four to six hours or something like that. Oh shit, they'd start WrestleMania at like four o'clock in the afternoon. I remember yeah. the year it was uh, Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda as the main event. It didn't end till like twelve fifteen Eastern time, and it had been oh on my God. for eight hours. Ooh, that's too much. But even like their lesser cards, they were stretching those things out four four and a half hours with the pre-show. And there's only so much you could sit and watch before, you know, you just get sick of it. And I think the crowd got like that, too. Oh, my God. You can clock in and clock out. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I was almost (laughs) to the point where once Moxley and CM Punk's match started, I was almost like, well, shit, is like this thing going to wrap up before midnight? Because if Mm -hmm. I would have had to work the next morning, I would have waited till yesterday to finish it. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was decent, but... I really think that four plus, well, even if you count the the pre-show, it's five because it starts at seven. I just think it's too much. And some of those matches I honestly don't care to see on a pay-per-view. And I, I, I wonder if sometimes he's trying to give, like, as many guys a chance as possible to get, like, a pay-per-view, like, buy you know, pay off, so they get, like, a share of that check, but... I don't know, just some of those matches, though, it's just like, okay, I could have done with, without some of them. Like what? Um, well, let's see. I think Punk and Moxley definitely belonged on the card. Jericho, Danielson, the ladder match, uh, the trios final. Um, I don't know, like, honestly, like the House of Black versus Sting, Darby, and Miro. That could have been an AEW show. I mean, a, a Rampage show. Yeah, that could have that could have easily just been like the main event of like a Dynamite. I'd have been totally cool with that. Um, even like a lot of the the matches on the pre-show, like uh, Pac versus Kip Sabian, could have went without having that on the card. Even Eddie Kingston and uh, Ishii. Yeah, could have went without that too, but. Yeah, I just they they really need to trim these down a little bit. I'm actually just gonna look at the card here real quick, see who they could have cut out. Uh, any of the female wrestlers? Well, I think you had to have the title match, which I'm totally cool yeah. with. Um, 
I don't understand why when I look this up on this website, my website is so damn dark that like I have my phone turned all the way as bright as I can possibly get it. And I still can't see it very well. <laughs> um, I wonder even the like I I'm a huge Jade Cargill fan, but I could have done without Jade and Athena. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Um, like even like I love Wardlow. I love the FTR. That's another match. Okay, cool. Uh. Hobbs and Ricky Starks. I think I would have left that one on. Uh, yeah, I can maybe see that just because, like, that's that's, that's, that's probably you, one of the better yeah. stories they've been telling. Yeah. Um, but it just, I don't know, it's too much. And I don't know, it just, there wasn't anything that, like, I mean, they had some good matches. Um, and I'll get to my, my pick here in a moment. But I don't know, it just... It seemed kind of just, yeah, okay, cool. It was like a run-of-the-mill WWE pay-per-view when All Out's supposed to be the preeminent pay-per-view that AEW puts on. Yes. I just, I don't know. I I think I'm in the, like I said, I, think, I know I'm in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Like, going back, thinking about the matches, like, giving me time like to actually process it. I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah, this pay-per-view, it was good, but it wasn't great. Like, right, it wasn't just, to their standards. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of matches that, like, <clears throat> put me on the edge of my seat on how they're going to finish or, uh, you know, just, like, really good wrestling. It's telling a great story, but it just wasn't a lot of that. And I found that the two, two of the matches that have, like, a really good story behind them, they cut really short. Hobbs... And Ricky Starks wasn't that long. It seemed like that just ended very abruptly. Mm-hmm. It's, it seems to be a problem in AEW. I notice sometimes where the matches just there's no like builds up to the conclusion. It just like all right, we're done. It just ended like really weird. And then a uh, Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. I for one thing, I wasn't a huge fan of uh, Luchasaurus turning again. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, dude, like, I get it. Like, when Christian Cage is cutting a promo, he dresses like a Bond villain. But, come on, like, I'm, Luchasaurus does not have to be a, a fucking Bond henchman. <laughs> um, but you notice that, though, he always wears, like, the, the, the sports jacket with the turtleneck. He does do that. <laughs> but well, uh, when I watch I that, I'm just like, know, go ahead. I, I read why that match was, was so short. I read it why. It's Christian's hurt, and what I see yeah. too. Yeah, he's really hurt. So I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." You know, get your spot on TV and get your match over with. But yeah, yeah, that was just so disappointing though, because that was one of the matches I was looking forward to the most because I oh, wouldn't yeah. see Christian get his because he's been he's been on fire since he turned heel, and mm-hmm. <laughs> he's been just downright despicable. And like, okay, I want to see Jungle Boy kick his ass, and then like it never <laughs> happened. And then for some reason, Luchasaurus threw him on that uh, where they shoot the pyro off of all places, and they showed a picture of Jungle Boy. He looked like he was like a like a chicken breast that just got thrown on the grill, and you flip it over. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I gotta see that picture because he hit hit that metal great hard. I saw that. I was like, dang. Yeah, and I was just after I seen, that, I was like, oh fuck, that sucks. Um, <laughs> but it seemed like the crowd. The crowd just got 
depleted after the acclaimed versus uh, Swerve in Our Glory. Oh, that was a good match. That uh, that's my favorite match of the night. Yeah, that was a good match. Um, I did see some stuff online. Uh, people were wanting, were hoping that Tony uh, Khan would have called an audible and let the acclaimed win the tag team titles. What do you think about that? What would that audible be on though? Oh, at, just like uh, let the acclaimed win three. instead of yeah, instead of and um, take them off of Swerve and Keith. I I wouldn't have minded it, but I kind of want Swerve and Keith's reign to go a little bit longer, and then let them drop it to the acclaimed. Hey, let them get their time in first, and then let the acclaimed get it next. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Because, I mean, Keith and Swerve have only had the belts since May. couple, yeah, a few months. Yeah, a few months. Yeah, let, yeah, let it get a little bit longer. And, uh, I mean, I think I it took me a while to warm up to the acclaimed. <laughs> I just, I thought that their act was kind of lame at first. But then as I got to watch more and more of them, like, like okay. I, I went from like, oh, God, the acclaimed is on. <laughs> To where, like, okay, the acclaim's on. To where, like, okay, the acclaimed is on. I got to watch this. But, man, I was pulling for them so bad in that match. And I thought that that was a good match, though, because, like, you seriously thought that they were going to win numerous mm-hmm. times. And I was blown away by how hot that crowd was for those guys. Oh, yeah, they, they love I, I, I can say that. Well, yeah, everybody they, loves they the acclaimed, but Chicago base. does. Yeah. They have a big fan base after seeing acid. Yeah, they're going to get the belts one day. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Um, and I think Keith and Swerve did a good job of, like, kind of changing the roles up and kind of playing mm-hmm. more heel in the match. Yeah. I think Swerve is actually much better as a heel than he is as a face anyways because he has that very cocky persona that he puts on TV. I think he would work much better as a heel. So I think he would maybe more naturally adept into doing that. But I thought that was that was my favorite match of the whole show. But it seemed like after that match, it sucked the life out of the crowd. Because mm-hmm. I thought Jericho and Danielson was pretty good. And, like, <laughs> that crowd was giving those guys nothing. For Yeah, from a technical standpoint, I was like, that was a, that's a wrestling clinic right there. Mm-hmm. To see that, and then, like you said, yeah, it's hard to go on after that because crowd's dead. Got to wait. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked to see Danielson lose that. I thought for sure that he would win, mm-hmm. but I think that that's telling the story of like how I think Garcia is eventually going to leave. I, I think it's going to come down to either he leaves uh, the JAS and joins the Blackpool Combat Club. Or it's going to be some swerve where, like, he ropes Danielson in and then just – it's like some big ruse all along. <laughs> I could see that. Um, I also thought the trios uh, final was really good. Um, I know you and I were texting throughout. I know you're a big Kenny Omega guy, but I was really yeah. pulling for the Dark Order and Hangman. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I wanted Kenny to get the belt. I was – I need Kenny to get a belt. Well, like for me, Hangman's my dude in this promotion. Like that's the guy that I've I've hitched my wagon to, no pun intended. But <laughs> I think everything that the Dark Orders went through in the last what two years, like they were being built up to be this 
big faction and then they lost their leader. And it seemed like they never really righted the ship. I think the closest is like they've kind of become friends with Hangman. And like they're like, for all intents and purposes, they've kind of become his lackeys now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but, can see that. But it would have been a really cool story to see them come out, like finally win one. And it's not like it would have really done anything to the Bucks or Kenny if they would have lost. No, no. Yeah, it wouldn't have done it. Um, But yeah, I, I think uh, those were the two standout matches, but everything else was just kind of like, eh, okay. I mean, Moxley and Punk was pretty solid too. I, I'll give that one like a good solid B. B plus, well, no, just a B. I wouldn't give it a B plus. Um, but yeah, I think outside of that though, man, there's just like none of the matches were like really like struck a chord with me. Yeah, nothing really did. I mean, like we said, we <clears throat> we talked about the acclaimed and. Well, what was your favorite match of the card? I mean, mine's the acclaimed, the tag team title match. That it, it would be that. Yeah. That and then probably second would be uh I don't know what second would be. I would rank them as the tag team title match, the trios title match, and then I would probably say it's a tie between Jericho and Danielson and then Moxley and Punk. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> like I I think I'd be on board with that. Um the big story of the card was uh, the first match of the, the actual show was the casino ladder match, which a guy in a mask comes out, looks like a character <laughs> off of the, the purge. Um, guy comes out like these guys in like black hoods, mask, black, like black attire come out they beat up everybody that's uh, in the match, and then a guy climbs up the ladder, takes the chip, and it turns out it's Stokely Hathaway, and then the guys in the mask are uh, Morrissey, who used to be big cast in WWE. Uh, I'm going to call them the ass boys, because that's what they are, the ass boys. Um, <laughs> Ethan Page. And then they give it to this guy in this, like, devil mask. And then, like, because I think I text you, like, what the hell is this? <laughs> and I, I stayed off Twitter because I have a feeling that Twitter was going to spoil it for me. So I stayed off Twitter. And then at the end of uh, Moxley and Punk, after Punk defeats uh, Moxley, they have like, they play some clip of uh, CM Punk and uh, Ring of Honor. And then you get this voicemail message from Tony Khan. And then the minute he said something about like, I'll give you whatever you want. You don't give a shit about the fans. Like this is MJF. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I thought that was such a cool reveal. And the crowd, like seemed to be very pro MJF when he came out. Yeah. I I could definitely tell that. I mean, it it took place in punk's hometown, which I noticed at first the crowd seemed to be more 50, 50, in that title match versus like solidly behind CM Punk, it, it, as the match went on, they seemed to be more towards Punk. But I was amazed by how split they were at the beginning too. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize I didn't realize Moxley had that big of a fan base. Oh, uh, I'm a huge John Moxley guy too. I think he's got his entrance is very Sandman esque, which is like I always like the Sandman was my dude in ECW. He, Sandman was 
for me would be if like I had a if somebody gave me a six pack of beer and like dared me to go out and wrestle in a wrestling match, I would be the Sandman. <laughs> <clears throat> no skill. I would just pick up a few moves I've seen on TV and hope that I just didn't break my neck. <laughs> just get out there. Yeah. Um, but I thought the MJF thing was really cool. Sets up arguably the biggest story of the rest of the year for AW until the post all out media scrum, which yes. Uh, well, uh, before we get into that real quick, better card clash to castle or all out. I think I have to go clash, man. Oh, I, I was going to say the same thing. I, I thought clash, clash was a much funner pay-per-view. The crowd was totally into it. It was three hours too, which made it really nice. You didn't have to, you didn't get tired after a while. It wasn't a lot of like filler. Um, and I put the poll question up after uh, all out had ended Sunday night thinking that like, this was going to be the end of the all out discussion, but poll question, actually uh, 89% of the votes were for clash of the castle too. Yeah. I, I could see that. <laughs> yeah. That was um, a good show. It was, yeah, I thought it was an awesome show. Um, but I think leading back into the, uh, the media scrum after all out, I found it to be much more entertaining than the card itself. <laughs> uh, did you get a chance to like watch? You watched that, right? Or did you at least see CM Punk's comments? I have seen, um, I have seen CM Punk's comments, but I had watched a lot of videos of what took place after he got off that stage. So I'm very aware of what happened after that. All right, for those of you that didn't catch what happened, which if you're a wrestling fan and listening to this show, you probably know what happened. But uh, after the uh, AEW usually has a media scrum, which they have after their events, first person to come out was CM Punk. Obviously, it made perfect sense considering he just won the championship. Triumphant story in his hometown. He becomes a champion again when you thought, like, they sold the whole, like, can he still go with his foot? Whatever, Punk's a champion now. Comes out and then basically just starts ripping into Colt Cabana, which made no sense. Like, he seen uh, – I didn't catch the reporter's name that he had addressed at the beginning, but he made a comment about Colt Cabana and just went into this tirade about Colt Cabana. And then he made a comment about basically the – EVPs of the company couldn't manage a target, which was a direct shot at, for those of you that don't know, uh, the executive vice presidents of All Elite Wrestling are one Kenny Omega and Nick and Matt Jackson. He takes a shot at uh, Hangman Page 2 over the comments uh, during his promo right before Double or Nothing which uh, if you've been following this, when Punk came back the following week, he made a comment calling out Hangman, excuse me, Hangman Page, and then knowing that Hangman wasn't going to come out, uh, he makes a comment like, that's not cowboy shit, that's coward shit. So there's a big dust up after that. Um, And then I was also mesmerized by what he was, that uh, those baked goods he was eating. I was kind of curious to see what he was eating at. 
<laughs> and I don't know, like, that whole thing just comes off as very weird to me because he seemed very collected. I've never seen anybody be that, that fucking pissed off and just sit there and, like, totally content eating pastries and drinking, I'm guessing, some kind of lime soda. Yeah, I don't know. He's... I don't know. Like, when I first saw it, I was like, is he talking funny right now? Or is he, like, under concussion or some shit? But I'm like, no, he's really pissed off. Like, Yeah, well, I noticed there were some audio uh, issues with that, too, because Jericho sounded like Barry White at times. He did. Yeah, he talked real deep. I'm like, wait a minute. This isn't Chris Jericho. <laughs> uh, I think there's some audio issues that made him sound a little different, too. But um, wildest thing I'd ever seen. Like, i never seen anybody go – scorched earth like yeah, in front of like reporters so I mean I wanted to get your thoughts like what do you think about that I can't say I was shocked because it's punk and I'm always expecting him to I'm always expecting him to tee him off and say some crazy shit I'm always expecting that ironically I mean mm-hmm. I expect it from him that's what I, I'm gonna see so I wasn't really too appalled like oh okay this is punk being punk but People, it probably runs a lot deeper this time of what was going on, and it ran pretty. It runs pretty deep, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm like, okay, this is some serious shit. So, yeah, I, I wasn't appalled. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. You well, know? it it seems to be that um, what basically what happened is uh, for those of you that don't know the backstory, um, Colt Cabana and CM Punk used to be best friends. Well, not best friends. They were really good friends. Um, then once uh, Punk left WWE, he went on Colt Cabana's podcast and made some accusations towards the uh, WWE medical team where they uh, basically, he said that they endangered his life. He had a staph infection that they didn't treat properly that caused him a lot of issues. Um, so the WWE, uh, the doctor that, was in question, sued Colt Cabana and CM Punk. Turns out a lot of litigation happened, uh, a lot of back and forth to where it basically ended the friendship of the two. Um, And then they ended up suing one another. But uh, fast forward, that was 2013, 14, 15, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, But fast forward to 2022, Apparently, CM Punk, I'm guessing from what I'm taking from this, he was blaming uh, Omega and the Young Bucks and Hangman for, like, maybe leaking some kind of story that CM Punk was responsible for uh, Cole Cabana not being on AEW TV anymore. Because uh, I don't know if you've noticed since CM Punk's been in AEW, haven't really seen much Cole Cabana on TV. So he was part of the Dark Order for a while. And... I guess what happens, Colt has moved on to uh, Ring of Honor, which is also owned by Tony Khan. But essentially, I'm taking that Punk was blaming those guys for leaking some fake stories about Punk wanted Colt Cabana fired or he wanted him off, you know, out of the promotion, whatever. Basically, just wanted Colt Cabana gone. And I guess CM Punk took offense to that, and that's when he decided to throw a grenade at the uh, EVPs. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I just that's that's just one of those things. Like, 
he essentially, uh, the way I see it is like, okay, you got pissed off at Hangman for making a comment. I'm guessing that the, uh, the comment that uh, Punk took offense to by Adam Page was the, when uh, Hangman mentions that Punk was like a champion for workers' rights in the wrestling industry, but yet he had seen Colt Cabana. There was this rumblings that Colt Cabana got shit, like Punk wanted him gone, and I think that's what that made reference to. And like, okay, if you took offense to that, I think he should have, that should have been the end of it, squashed it when he made the comments that he did a few weeks ago, but then this happened. Yeah, this, this, along with all the other shit that's going on at AEW right now, like you said, this is probably the worst. Like, then you have, uh, I don't know if you mentioned the fact that Kenny and them were talking about uh, walking out. While mm-hmm. that was going on, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is really serious." Then that those guys talking about walking out, yeah, it's really serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, fast forward a little bit into the scrum. I think this happened during the Keith Lee swerve. They were the the next uh, wrestlers to come up. Uh, somebody uh, gets a camera uh, a view of the side of the the table they're sitting at. You see security guards run out of the frame. I don't know if you did you see that on the internet? No, I keep hearing about that, and I want to see that. Yeah, uh, they you see these guys running out of the frame. Uh, it's kind of weird. And then uh, after, I think, yeah, it went uh, Swerve and Keith, Tony Storm came out, and then Jericho, I believe, was the last one before Tony Khan finished up his comments. Uh, did you catch uh, the hot mic Jericho mentioning to Tony that some shit went down? <laughs> I did not catch that. <laughs> yeah, you can hear it. They're kind of chatting back and forth. I had to listen to it on headphones. That's the only way I can hear it. But Jericho makes the comment, some shit went down to Tony <laughs> Khan. Well, the rumblings that I've been reading all over the internet, all over Twitter in the last, I don't know, what, almost 48 hours in, is there was a backstage fight between CM Punk and Ace Steel, who was the producer that runs and grabs the contract on Dynamite and then basically is the one that rips into Punk to basically take the match and gets him to sign the contract. And then uh, those two battled Kenny and the Young Bucks in uh, the locker room. And I've read different things what happened, but uh, the latest I just read was the Young Bucks basically were beating on CM Punk's door to let them in. And then I guess from what I read, basically the door ends up getting kicked in so they can confront him over what he said. Uh, Punk apparently throws a punch at one of the Bucks. Was it? Uh, Matt, Matt Jackson. Okay, yeah, Matt's the one that gets the punch thrown at him. Um, Now, I did read that was it Nick that got knocked out with a chair? Yes, that was thrown by Steele. Um, got hit in the eye, hit in the eye. Yeah, uh, Nick Jackson got uh, knocked out by a chair, and then uh, Ace Steele also bit Kenny Omega. And uh, pulled his hair. I was like, this sound, when I read that, I was like, this sounds like an old Western bar fight. That's what this sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, as I went to bed and then I woke up the next day, 
and started reading all this stuff because I had like all these like alerts on Twitter because I made a comment on Twitter about how I felt that the media scrum was more entertaining than the actual all-out pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So that got me a few hits. Thank you for all of you that commented on that. Appreciate it. Um, but then, yeah, I'm starting to read all this shit that happened afterward. <laughs> um, so my question to you... Oh, uh, I've got a timeline of actually what happened. Um, okay, uh, Kenny and the Young Bucks went to Punk's locker room and confronted him. Then there was a physical altercation with Punk and the, the Bucks. Uh, I guess apparently this Punk is rumored to have thrown the first punch. Um, then I guess Ace Steel arrived into the locker room and then basically got physically involved in it. Uh, security had to break it up. Um, of course, Tony Khan was not present, which I'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I've also read where the police got involved, then they didn't get involved. Um, and now I'm, I'm hearing whispers that they might let Punk go. I've seen people mm-hmm. say that the Bucks and Kenny might get let go. And that's what I wanted to talk about, so we did touch on it. (laughs) Then I've seen that nothing will happen to any of them. So, I don't know. Let me get your thoughts on the whole whole thing. It's a very sticky – that is a very, very sticky situation. Mm -hmm. Sticky. So, my thoughts on it is it leads into – that convo that I wanted to sit to talk about, ironically. Hey, let it rip, man. It was the fact, like I watched a video earlier, and they were saying, is AEW's right now, is AEW right now backstage, is it in shambles? And I was like, well, from everything, and I keep hearing stuff revolving around punk, people's attitudes and stuff in the locker room. Hell, Thunder Rosa is under fire and shit. So I'm like... Yeah, Malachi Black is... uh he talking about he wants to leave. Yeah, he's uh, been <clears throat> having some mental health issues, and I guess he's stepping away for a while. That's the rumor, too. So I'm like, okay, does do they need to remove Punk? They remove Punk, yeah, it's going to suck. But that could take out a lot of fires. They could take out a lot of fires, and Tony Khan can regain control of his locker room. I was like, well, and I had to sit there and thought about it. I was like, well, why would they get rid of Punk? I was like, well, wait a minute. He is getting older. He is very injury prone. So why keep him on the roster? Mm. My eyes, he makes the most sense. As much as I hate saying it, he makes the most sense to let go. Dude already has a track record from the WWE. I mean, we obviously saw that. So maybe he needs to go. He's probably... That's your he probably your problem right there. Mm-hmm. Let him go. Everybody else is going to be. I think the locker room will just fizzle back on out. But who knows? Uh, I don't see why they would need to release Kenny in the Bucks. I feel like if they release Kenny in the Bucks, that is going to divide that locker room so bad to the point where we might not even have AEW anymore. And that was, in reality, what happened with WCW back in the day. Mm-hmm. The 
fucking you let the wrestlers run the company and look what happened. Right. No so I I think Tony needs to let Punk go, regain control of his locker room. I, I think that's the way that he needs to go. Well, I, I first off with Tony Khan, <clears throat> watching him react to what Punk was saying. <clears throat> Tony Khan showed to me that he doesn't have much of a spine because he was yeah. essentially letting this guy in. Like, I know, like with Punk, he's the biggest star of the company by far. I think the gates for the last few events have shown that they've had their biggest live gates in the history of the company in the last year. They've cracked over a million. Like, they sold out double or nothing in no time. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I think that was before they had announced Punk was going to challenge for the title. I mean, I think everybody kind of knew that was going to happen, but um, I mean, I, I know that that's your cash cow right now. I think that in terms of like profitability, how much money they're bringing in, like that's a tough pill to swallow. And, you know, I think we're only getting one side of the story. So, I mean, I, I see Punk being upset if, I mean, the Colt Cabana thing, I could see him being pissed off about that because I would be too if that were me. Somebody, like, stirring up, uh, drama getting stirred up for something happened, shit, almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would be mad too, but I think what he'd done, there's, you know, there's a time and a place to deal with that, and I think it would have been better suited to be a locker room thing. And I think Kenny and the Young Bucks kind of deserve, I, I think Tony Khan owes those guys everything because they were, those guys, the Moxleys, the Hangmans, the Darby Allens, those guys were keeping the company afloat when there's nobody there. Like, they couldn't wrestle in front of crowds. People could come back. It was like three, 400 people. But yet, they're putting on quality shows. People are still watching the product, and a lot of that had to do with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those guys get a lot of, they should have quite a bit of cachet in the company. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how this should shake out. I mean, it's, I think Tony's got to take the Bucks and Kenny's side on this. Because, I mean, even if, what Punk said was true. I think Punk went about it the wrong way, airing that dirty laundry out. And I think Tony Khan is starting to straddle this line. And I've seen some people think, like, consider this whole thing just one gigantic work. Like, this is not legit. It's all part of some big angle that they're working towards, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because you brought MJF back, and this is completely overshadowing his return, all this drama. I did. I did read that, but they, the guys were saying no. This is a hundred percent legit because you have uh, legal advisors in this involved in this. So I was like, okay, so you know it's real. If they're involved, it's real. And evidently, I heard they're not allowed to talk about it too. So that's why we haven't heard nothing really about it. Besides, you know, if you're really into wrestling, yeah, you're gonna yeah, that's know been about the top it. Of, like the wrestling Twitter over the last few days. Yeah. But, I don't know. I, I don't really envy Tony Khan right now. He's got a tough choice to make. 
it's you get rid of your cash cow. Although, I think if you have to get rid of somebody, I would probably say it has to be Punk because you don't really. They were okay without him, and I mean they would be okay without him now. I mean I know it kind of suck. He's got a lot of fans, but I mean this kind of pattern of behavior that like, you kind of seen this coming eventually. That's something, some big dust up. I just find it very strange. It was about three weeks ago. I seen uh, Facebook postings about. Oh, it was right after the Hangman promo where he calls out Hangman and, you know, does the cowboy, you know, the coward shit. That weekend was like the anniversary of him returning to AEW, and he was catching a lot of shit for that. And it was just, it's funny how in a year he went from being the hottest thing in wrestling, like, oh, the hero's return, CM Punk is back, and now, like, everybody kind of wants him gone. Why, why did he get a lot of shit for that? Well, it's, it's one of those things where, are oh, you talking about, like, the, the comments towards Hangman in that promo? Yeah, well, him coming back, like, I remember when he came back, and I was like, oh, it's like, did, did he really get a lot of shit well, he, because I mean, of the anniversary Not, not of that? him coming back. I mean, like, his return to wrestling, like, that was, like, everybody was all, like, I mm-hmm. included was super excited about that. He was just getting a lot of shit for the hangman comment in his promo. Gotcha. Oh, that's what I meant by that. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, it's just funny how he went from, you know, like, being celebrated, then one year later, here we are, people wanting to see him get shit-canned. It's crazy. I mean, I, I can't say he did it himself, but yeah, it's like you're saying, it's his track record and the way he went about it. He could have went about it a different way. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I did yeah. see somebody make an inter- uh, a very interesting point, and I want to bring it up to you. Um, as we all know, Cody Rhodes is now in the WWE. He's being built up to be the top baby face in that company the star that they're going to build around, I'm guessing. Um, he also built AEW. He was just as responsible as Kenny and the Young Bucks and Tony Khan in making AEW a reality, but he left. And nobody really got a, a solid answer why. They kind of just said, you know, they didn't see eye to eye on some things, but there was no bad blood. But it kind of makes you wonder did Cody leave because CM Punk was brought in? Hmm. I don't know because I don't know about the – I didn't even look at the time window from when he left to when Punk came in. Oh, he was still any... there. Uh, Cody was there when uh, Punk was there because uh, Cody didn't leave until February, January, February of this year. Saying that I want to know, like, were there any conversations around that time of, oh, if this guy comes here, I'm leaving. I don't know if there was any of that. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard rumblings of uh, Punk wasn't a very popular guy in the WWE locker room. Which I could see. Um, I, I, I heard a story. Um, it was actually, there is a Talk is Jericho episode from... It's 2017, 2018. It was uh, where he was interviewing Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks. Or it might have been just Cody and the Bucks. Um, 
but they made a comment. They were talking about a, a story where CM Punk says, as the leader in the locker room, everybody needs to pick up their trash when they're done. And then Booker T took exception to that and basically threw a piece of trash right in front of CM Punk and basically said, make me throw my trash away. <laughs> Which is like, it's, I, I just imagine, like I heard that story, and I imagine Booker T saying that. And I love Booker T. Booker T's fucking oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> but it makes you wonder now if that's not the reason Cody left for the WWE. I mean, he's been saying yeah. like he wanted to like he wanted to do what his dad didn't get to do was become WWE champion, right? You know, but the events of him leaving AEW, the promotion that he built. I just found it a little strange. It makes me wonder if that's not because they brought in Punk and he was against them bringing him in. Mm. That man, I mean, hey, maybe so then. That's an eye-opener. I didn't think about that. Maybe so then. Yeah. Like, I, I can see that. If, if there were conversations about that, and I can see that happening. Now, in the event hmm. that Tony Khan makes the mistake, I'm going to ask you, what's the over-under? If Tony Khan, some, for some weird reason, decides, hey, I, I'm, I'm going with Punk. Punk is the guy that's bringing in crowds. He's making me money. Kenny, Nick, Matt, I love you guys, but that was unprofessional. I've got to let you go. What's the over-under on how... How soon Triple H is on the phone bring it, trying to bring those guys into WWE? Immediately. I give it 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> he probably already has their numbers on his desk. Like, you know how, like, when you were in school, there were some teachers that had, like, that big, thick piece of glass where they'd stuck, like, uh, like post-it notes and, like, the, like the cardboard, like, you know, the what those cards... <laughs> you know, like note cards yeah they put the note yeah. cards or like you know pieces of paper with like little notes so they didn't forget I'm betting Triple H has one of those and he's got their numbers right there and oh yeah he's, he's the, calling and he's probably got a speed dial on his phone he's got uh, Steph 1 Vince 2 Nick Khan 3 Kenny 4 and then like Nick and Matt Jackson are 5 and 6 yeah you know that that's good well and see that would suck if if they brought this is hypothetical, if Triple H brought the Bucks in, you better revive tag team wrestling. Otherwise, that would be an absolute waste. Oh yeah, you would I have mean, to do that. You would have to because essentially, you would have, I think, the best three tag teams of the last five years are FTR, the Bucks, and the Usos. I would agree. Um, and you've got two of the three in-house. And I think um, the Street Profits are fantastic as well. But after the Usos and the Street Profits, there's not a lot there. I don't like Alpha Academy. I don't really care for... I think that's the only other <laughs> tag team that there is. Well, they brought back Hit Row, which... I don't know. Like I've, I'm just having trouble getting behind them without Swerve. Yeah. It, uh, um, I don't know, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't foresee them releasing 
the Bucks and Kenny. I think that'd be stupid. I, I personally think that what's going to happen is uh, I don't think Tony Khan's got. Like I said, I Tony Khan struck me as very spineless in that scrum. I don't think he gets rid of either one of them. I think if anything, I think what's going to happen is kind of what happened with Moxley and Punk the first time on that Dynamite episode where Moxley wins. But I don't mm-hmm. think we see see him Punk for a while. They'll probably try to ride him off as being injured, and he just goes away for a while. And whether it's so like back, the bell, they're going to enter him the belt again, or what? No, I think MJF wins it. I mean, I think that's the end game, anyways. I think they brought MJF back. And I, I thought for sure, or you know, they keep they keep Punk on TV, and I think right now, I I think you can have the biggest heel in the company, and MJF is the savior of AEW. It's like protecting the company from these, you know, these old WWE guys coming in and taking his spot. Yeah, I could see I could see them working that. That's but like then that was. No, go ahead. Go that was ahead. the whole point of him leaving anyways, is the fact that, like, he built the company. Mm-hmm. You know, practically, he's one of the, like, you know, Jericho and Kenny, the Bucks. Those guys are, like, the ones that built the company. And then he felt he should have been compensated as such. And then here, here's Tony Khan bringing in Brian Danielson and Adam Cole and uh, CM Punk and paying these guys more money to be in the company that they had really nothing to do with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like, that's the part that was his point. And I think that's part of the issue. And I think that the whole promo was meant to be, okay, he cuts this pipe bomb promo. He comes in is the savior of the company and basically takes the title from the old WWE guy. My thing with my thing with him is well to go back to your uh, the question I'm going to ask you was when you said you don't think we're going to get anything were you saying that is you don't think we're going to get nothing tomorrow in general oh I know or, for a fact or, we're not going to know anything tomorrow I mean MJF's supposed to be on uh, Dynamite but I they're not going to acknowledge anything that happened oh no uh. Uh-uh. But I, when I meant like nothing happened, I don't see them getting rid of the Bucks and Kenny. I don't see them getting rid of CM Punk. Nah, no. I, just, I think nah. it's Tony Khan is. I can't see him making a difficult choice like that. I get Eric Bischoff vibes from him every time I see him. For some reason, I just, I just do. Well, I think I, with Bisch, I think yeah, I think Bischoff and Khan have some similarities in the fact that <clears throat> they kind of fanboyed over a few wrestlers and then they kind of let the the inmates run the asylum. I mean, Bischoff, obviously, mm-hmm. with Hall, Nash, and Hogan. And now Tony with, like, CM Punk, that's kind of his Hogan. But I know that Bischoff is probably I – th- I know for a fact he said that, like, you know, like, things were different. You know, like, if, as he's gotten older, he would have he done things differently. Yeah. I can tell you right now, Paul Heyman wouldn't be taking this shit. <laughs> well, those guys probably Paul Heyman wouldn't have paid those guys anyways because he would he would have wrote them a bunch of bounce checks. They would have left for like, the WWE or WCW anyways. Paul All that check didn't cash. That's weird. I must have signed something wrong. I'll move some money around real quick. 
I don't know. It just, I think Tony's treading into very dangerous waters, trying to blend, take real life beefs and try to like incorporate them into wrestling storylines. You think, think? You think so? Uh, I I think that's what he's, like. I think that's the end game. I think it's the whole the whole purpose of the MJF CM Punk story. Is I think <clears throat> there's an issue with, like I said, with you know MJF not feeling as valued as these WWE guys that he's brought in. I think that's the whole crux of that. And I think he's trying to incorporate some of that real life stuff into storylines. But I think kind of treading into dangerous water now. Mm-hmm. now. I seen I seen somebody had said that you know. Uh, you know, this being a, like a big work and that, oh, yeah, we already touched on that. But, yeah, I, I just, I think it's, he keeps going the way he is. I think this whole thing is going to implode in his face and it could end up being ten times worse. I I was telling a friend of mine uh, today, actually, that I think Tony Khan needs to step back in terms of responsibilities. They need somebody in the locker room to be like the man. Like you've, I'm sure you've heard the stories of like, if there's any kind of shit in the locker room in WWE, it's like, okay, Jim Ross or even the undertaker was the guy like, all right, you pissed off taker, you know, like taker's going to take care of it. Police themselves. Oh fuck. What the hell did they call that group? The Bone um, Street Crew? No, it was like all the kangaroo actual, court. Was that what it was called? Yeah, I remember just they, a, yeah. They, they, they assembled like after the uh, the plane ride from hell. I don't know if you yeah you heard about that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I could see them needing a group like that. Yeah, no, they, wrestler wrestlers court or some shit like that. Yeah, I, I think they need somebody in that locker room that like commands the respect. Like I think like William Regal or, well, I mean, I, I don't know about Jake or Tully, but yeah, but like, I mean, I think William Regal would be somebody that I think would be really, really well suited to have that kind of role or even fucking Chris Jericho. It should be Chris Jericho. Of all people, it should be Chris Jericho. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy, like, I think he's got the most like, I think he's the guy that I would say that everybody would respect in the locker room. He's the veteran. He's like the guy that's done it all. I think it would just really be a matter whether he wants to take on that role or not, you know? I don't think he does. I don't think so either, or else he would have probably done it already. Because he wouldn't have said no shit like that last night. I think something's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, but yeah, he told Tony, he's like, yeah, some shit just went down. <laughs> he wouldn't be saying it like that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we uh, wrap this up, got one last question for you. What do you think the future holds for AEW? What do you see happening six months from now? Oh my God! I hope this is just me praying. I hope I hope Punk and everybody is still in the company, mm-hmm. and I hope Sasha Banks appears in the company too. That's all I want. Oh, I I I was telling uh, Lucas. Uh, I think I was telling Lucas this. Like, I think Sasha, it's just a matter of time for she's back in WWE. Yeah, I think that's going to happen too. But 
don't know, but yeah, I, I'd like to see. Not necessarily them. I just want a. I just want AEW to get better. Like I understand if there's a lot of sh- shit going on right now, but I, I I want them to get their shit together. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Yeah, I mean, I I hope that cooler heads prevail and somebody gets, uh, you know, cooler heads prevail. Somebody gets like everybody shit in order, but. I think six months from now, CM Punk is not the champion. I would be surprised if he's not taking a long vacation. Not like fire, but like I think they write him off TV for a while. Mm-hmm. It just, I think like with Kenny and Kenny's too popular. I mean, he got a huge pop when he came back. I just don't see them. I don't see him doing anything to uh, the Bucks or Kenny, even though I, I think breaking down a, uh, a locker room door is it doesn't really look as good as like calling somebody out on national TV, but I don't know. I, I think that you won't see, I think it's going to be a little while before we get like a lot of punk on TV. How soon do you think he'll drop the title then? Uh, truth be told, they're going to be in Cincinnati in October. I wouldn't mind them. Change the title in October. That since <laughs> I'll go to that. And it's on Tuesday. That's why it's I. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because the playoffs. Yeah, like, hey, let yeah. him hold it till October the twelfth. <laughs> I could go down there and watch it. See a title change. See him punks gone for a while. Everybody's happy, even me. <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, it was awesome having you on, and uh, we'll have to have you back on again. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll definitely be back, man. As soon as something else happens, then I'll be back. Well, we might have to do – hopefully nothing happens tomorrow. I, I hate to bring you back out like emergency pod. They just shit can't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, man, I appreciate you having me on, man. I did my time. It was awesome, uh, and we will do this again very, very soon. All right, man. Take it easy, man. Hey, you too, buddy. And that will do it for today's episode. We hope you guys and gals enjoyed what you heard. Be sure to follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter to get all the latest show updates. If you did like what you heard today, please leave us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. We drop episodes each and every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on a single episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. So until next Tuesday, we will talk to you guys later.